0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Last week uh, we spoke about Pashas Barashas and um, Baruch Hashem several thousand people uh, saw the session and that's extremely gratifying and um, first of all I would like to thank Binyamin Sofer who is really, you know, I can't do this I mean it's all his work and, you know, I'm a bit of a Luddite, but, <laughs> you know, it comes to these kind of things, you know, it's uh, it's beyond me. But um, this week, on Sunday, I went uh, to visit Revival Cone together with Rebjankov Droman, who's Rashid of Beis from in Brooklyn. And... Um, um, Rafael Kom was one of my rebaim in Chaim Berlin during my teenage years. And uh, Rabbiankov Jilma was also a Talmud of his, in Sheva of Eastern Parkway. So we went to visit him. He lives in Lakewood now, in Piner village. And uh, he's, uh, he can't get out so much, so we went to visit him. So we talked mostly in Torah, but we also talked about Gedol Yisrael. What are Gedol Yisrael? And he told us that his definition of a god will be is a person who works for HaBatzos Torah without looking to get anything in return. So by that definition, Binyamin Sofer, who's doing this purely for HaBatzos Torah, is a god will be I can't say that the same definition would apply to me because um, I probably have personal benefit from it but well, Binyam HaSofar is certainly a God of Yisrael. So last week, we spoke about Bria Soilam and Ikriya uh, Muna and um, I wanted to just point out that it's not my purpose here to use the Pasha as a springboard to uh, give speeches on different topics or lectures. It's not my purpose. My purpose is to learn the Chumash. And to learn the psukim and to explain them according to Pirish Rashi Yechomish, Pirush Rashi in Aves, and according to the Rambam in this in the Moer Nevuchim and in uh, Mishneh Torah, and in his Pirush on Pirkei Avos. Sometimes uh, the topics will be broader, and sometimes you know I would uh, want to even get into uh, issues of grammar and digdok. Not at, not at great length, because I understand most people don't have too much patience for that, but uh, whatever the Pusik requires to understand what it's saying. Before we go to Pashas Znoyach, I would just like to um, say a few more things about Bracius, because there are a couple of omissions that I made, and I'd like to add one more thing. Um... We spoke about the idea that, that the Rabbani Shalom is the infinite, and we raised the question of uh, how can this world exist if he's the infinite? Why doesn't the existence of the world infringe on his infinity? And uh, the Kabbalim uh, say that there was Simtsum. Tzimtzum means that the contracted himself, so to speak, and then there was place for the world to exist. But this is a little bit difficult to understand because if he contracted himself, then he is no longer infinite. So we presented the idea um, that that the world really exists in the mind of the Rabbi Yishloylam. As soon as the Rabbi Inshleilam conceived the world, it was already in existence. Baruch Sha'oma Vayalim, as soon as he had the thought the world existed. And the the world does not have any existence independent of the Rabbani Shloylam. And the Rambam says that if a person could imagine that for a moment that the Rabbani Shloylam would, Chasver Sholem, cease to exist, the world would automatically cease to exist. If the world ceased to exist, the Rabbani would still be there. And I spoke about this at some length. I did not bring this back to explain um, the problem of Tzimtzum. So what I would like to suggest is since the world exists in the Rabban Shalom's mind, that even if there's a tzimtzum in the world in the Rav Shalom's mind, it does not infringe on the affinity of his own existence. That means that the is infinite, there's no bounds to it, but in his mind he created a world in which he's not necessarily present in the way that he's, that he's present otherwise. Um, I also want, you know, there's another point that you know the shame yud Vovke. So when we say yud Vovke, we refer to it as the Shem Havaya, which is the same letters rearranged. Instead of a Yud and hey and above and hey we have hey and above and Yud and hey So one purpose of this is because we don't want to say the Shem. We can't say the Shem. However, I think there's more to that because Havaya means existence. And the only existence is the existence of Hashem. Hashem is existence. There is no other existence without Hashem. So the Shem Havaya really reflects the existence of Hashem. Another point, which I didn't really, just an omission, I I asked the Rashi, the Rashi says, um, that mitchila olom achshava, liver livers soil midas adin. Hashem wanted to create the world with midas adin, but he saw that it would not have a kiyum, so he hinged him midas rachman ushetofal So the automatic question is: Hashem had an idea, he had a thought, and then he thought it over and he realized that it won't work. So I mean, what does this mean, Hashem? So I explained that the difference of midas adin and midas Arachman is that midas adin is perfect cause and effect. Midas Arachman means that there is there is wiggle room. It's not perfect cause and effect. So Hashem brought forward Midas which was meant to be used with his conduct with people, and he combined that with Midas to introduce into the world a certain element of uncertainty. And therefore, he can manipulate. Otherwise, you know, if everything is cause and effect, if a person, uh, you know, got cancer, and uh, maybe would have to die, cause, cause and effect... Perfect cause and effect, but he brought forward me rachman to say that there can be spontaneous emissions, there is a certain randomness, and therefore it's possible for people to survive with Rachman. But what does Allah Mashova mean? He thought so Allah Mashova doesn't mean that he had first the thought of me and and then he changed his mind to combine me with Rachman. Allah Mashova means when the Shalom decided to create a world. By definition, it has to be Midas Adin. It has to be perfectly engineered. And, you know, always give you whatever he does is, is, is complete and it works. So the creates a world, then that world has to be Midas Adin. It has to work. It has to be well engineered. However, the understood from the beginning he understood, the other machshavah means that the very thought of creating a world means it has to be the, the physical world. It has to be perfect cause and effect. That is perfect engineering. But the bunch of them understood that that we there would be a problem with Rachman, how can a person get uh, sick and daven, and Hashem will be give him a cure if that violates the perfect means and so he had to combine this to introduce a certain element of uncertainty where he's able to manipulate the you know the the processes of the world. okay, I forgot last week to bring it back to explain what Allah means. There's one more point I would like to make. About <coughs> Bereshis, it says, "Vruach alakim ra'chefes al pney amayim." Rashi says, "The kisei akovit merachev upney amayim." What does this mean? That the kisei akovit was on 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 the water. What does that mean? So how do explain this? The tour says, he brings a medrash, "Narachaim tufkav peyalev." He says that the Goyim, look how different Kali strolls from the Goyim. The Goyim, they come out of uh, court and they don't know what the verdict is going to be, and they're sad and anxious, and they're worried they wear black clothing, but the Yidin, when we get yisrael, Eidon came. We're not like that. Leif Levonim, we wear white clothing. Apparently they used to wear white clothing in those days, um, more than today. Today was mostly black. But they come out wearing bl- white clothing and a happy Rosh Hashanah. They know that the Rabban Shalom will do for them a miracle. What does that mean? What does that mean, a miracle? I mean, if you're Davon to Rabban Shalom and you do tshuva and you have Rachamim, you have Rachamim. Rachamim is a miracle. Rachamim is not a miracle. It's one of the meters of Rabban Shalom. He's a Racham. It's not a miracle. So, there's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that says that what's the Klapi He tips the scales. We have our avonis, we have our, our mitzvahs, and our avaris, and he tips the scales in our favor. He puts his hand on the scale. So, there's a in the Gemara. Does he lift it? That means he lifts up the, the sins which automatically makes the, the mitzvahs go down and become heavier and tip the scales in our favor. Or, Koivesh he presses, he, he presses down on the mitzvahs, so that makes it tipped in our favor. That's what Rashi, that's what Rashi says in, in Rosh Hashanah. The same gemara appears in Erchen, on Avches, and Rashi says that Koivesh means, what's the of Rashi? HaKadosh Baruchu who master is he takes our virus and puts them into like little tunnels under the ki puts them into in little tunnels what does this mean what does this mean so so I'd like to first explain the rashi and then i'll explain that Gamara um the Rambam says that the Rebbeinu Shlouelam does not interact directly with the world. He's too high, like the Loshim of the Alshachim Kehelz is Achor. The Rebbeinu does not interact directly with the world. He interacts through Malachim. And what are Malachim? I mean, there are some Malachim that we know: Gavriel, Raphael, Michael, We know these Malachim. But the Rambam says that all Chukei all the laws of nature are malachim. They do the rabban Shalom's will and by that they are called malachim. That there's gravity. Gravity is a malach. It, it fulfills the will of the rabban Shalom that heavy things should fall down to earth. So it's a malach. So all the forces of nature, everything is a malach. That a seed grows into a tree, that's a malach. All these things are malachim. Now Rashi says that Yom Echad, why is it called Echad? He was the only one in the world because the Malachim were created on the second day. On the first day, there were no Malachim. He didn't create the Malachim yet. That means that the processes of nature began on the second day. On the first day, there was no nature. The, the, on the second day, when it created Malachim, then the forces of nature were Activated and they participated in the development of the world, but on the first day there was no nature. So how did how did uh, how did the Rebbeinu Shlomo create the world, and how did he do everything on the first day? How did he do? No, created Shemayav how did he, made made the Oyer? He made light. How did he do this? So the answer is that he created something which is higher than a Malach. And the Gemara says in P'sachin, seven things were created before the world in preparation for creation. And one of them was the Kisei HaKovid. The Kisei HaKovid was not always there. The Kisei HaKovid is a creation. It was created right before the creation of the world. So the Rabbi created a Kisei HaKovid, which is much higher than a Malach, well above the Malachim. It's a kind of a Malach, like a, a super Malach, and it's it's as close to the Rabbi shloim as it could possibly be, but that is but it's but it's a malach, so it's a kind of a malach. So on the first day, he cre- he used the Kisia Kovid that he created before the creation of the world, and with the kisya he created the world. So the Kisia Kovid is higher than than malachim. It's higher than teva. Malachim were created on the second, day. Third, the second day right, but the first day whatever was done on the first day how was it done? So Rashi tells us he says it was Malachim created on the second day, so immediately the question if you know, according to what the Rabbim says I'm sure Rashi would agree that uh, the that Rebbe acts through Malachim so what happened on the first day? So Rashi tells us that the Kisia Kovid was Merachif mayim whatever was happening was being done through the Kisiyah Kovid we find, that the Gemara says, that when Moshe Rabbeinu came up to Shemayim, um, the Malachim said, what is a human being doing over here in Shemayim? So, so they wanted to kill him. Moshe was afraid they were going to kill him. So Rabbeinu Shem told him, grab onto the Kisiyah covered. When you grab onto the Kisiyah Kovid, then there is a teva. We know there's a teva, there's nature. There's a teva and euluma tahtoin, all the forces of nature that we know. There's also a teva and the euluma There is a bezin Shalmalo there are rules, there are you know, what, what kind of chuva is accepted, what kind of chuva is not accepted. There are rules. There is a teva elyain. There are rules what's in the Shemayim. So so the Shem told him that you know, apparently the Malachim had the power to kill him. Otherwise, what was he worried about? should have told him, don't worry about them, they can't do anything. No, they could. Why? Because he was violating the Teva Elyon. He didn't, a, a, a human being, a Yulunisha, a person born of a woman, did not belong in the Elyon, so it was a violation. And they could have killed him. B'an told him, no grab onto the Kisia Covid, and if you're onto, holding on to the Kisia Kovid, then then you're the Tachna, b'teva, b'teva Elyon, you are not subject to Teva. We find the same thing that Menashe, the king the, the king of Yehuda, who was a terrible, terrible king and uh, not gonna get into Menashe, and and he wanted to do Chuva after after like many, many years of of of, of uh, subverting Khalistraw and, and his, his tshufa was not accepted because he was mm-hmm. if you sin yourself and you cause others to sin then your tshufa is not accepted so, so the bezin Shamalan did not accept his chufa. it was not, uh, by the rules of the Teva Elyon, it was not acceptable so, so the chadals say he made a tunnel under the Kisya Kovid I don't know or tunnels, but it's whatever it means. But he brought him through the kisya kovet, and when he brings him to the kisya kovet, then then the rules don't apply, and even tshuva like Menashe's chuva, which is really not acceptable. But if he brought it to the kisya kovet, then it could be accepted, Kuslamala from the teva. The same thing we find. So that's 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 what it's that's what Rashi means. That is Koivish, that various tax kisya he puts them on the various under Kisakovit. That does not mean that he's michael them. He's not michael them. But he takes them and he puts them into Kisakovit and he and he keeps them there. And therefore whatever Din was supposed to be a judgment was supposed to be passed on them is not because everything is in suspension. And this is in violation of the Teva Elio, Teva Elio by Din. But uh, but if you go to the Kisya Kovid, the Shalom puts that in the Kisya Kovid, then he can give you rachmim and let you go for another year. That's what that means. So what the measures that the tour brings is saying, we bituchim sheaslanu nest. We we know that the rabbanim Shalom, when it really comes to it, he will make a nest for us. What is a nest? He will be kevesh our veyres tachas kisya kovet. He will put our veyres into the Kisiah kovet. And that is a nest. It's a miracle. Why? Because it overrides the Teva el So it is a nest. Now let's turn to Pashas Noyach. So, we know that Noyach, Noyach was the one who gave uh, Musr to the people of the in, Dora in, 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 they were terrible. They were they were there are and tremendous amount of avaidzorah and gezel. They were they were thievery and even though it was that the the final straw was the thievery, but really what they what they were, what they did for what they were punished was harayas navaidzorah and noyach. He gave them Musa about that, they didn't listen, and he was the one that would save. But ironically, ironically, Noyach was the one that caused the Mabel. He caused their Mabel. Why? Because when Noyach was born, it says, why, why did Lamech call him Noyach? What does the word Noyach mean? The, the Shlom, when Adam, um, ate from the so the Bani said, said because of you I am cursing the earth and there are going to be thorns and thistles and you want to get some food you're going to have to struggle and it's going to be very hard and now when Noach when was born Solemach said that ah oh, he will give us comfort and relief from the troubles that we have, the struggles that we have, dealing with this cursed earth. Um, how did he know? How did he know he was a baby? So either it was a tefillah, some of the Farshim say, or it was a nevuah, and the Sivsarachamem um, brings the medrash that Neach was mal. He was born with a breast. And when, when um, Hashem cursed the earth, so, Adam asked him, Ad Masai, how long is the earth going to be cursed? So he said, until somebody is born with a bris. When that's going to happen, it's over. So, when Narek was born and he had a bris, and they knew Kabbalah from Adam that, that the curse will come to an end then, they understood that this is our, he's bringing us comfort and relief. Now, and could The land didn't produce any grains. It did, but it was a struggle. You know, you had to, you know, just to get anything. You probably got your hands stuck with thorns. I don't know what thistles are, but uh, you know, probably also not a pleasant thing. Kites and and um, you know, they could produce, but it was it was very very difficult. And now when Noach came, Grash says he invented um, he invented uh, plowing. Uh, um you know, plow, plow uh, you know, all kinds of agricultural tools and the, the and the thorns and thistles went away. So now it was much easier. He just ploughed and grew and you ate. So in Cahellus Cahellus is talking about the the, the 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 irrationality of a person chasing after material wealth. He says you're going you're gonna to run into material wealth. You're going to build up a big estate. And you think it's going to last. This will be your, your lasting achievement on the world. Of course, you know, you're going to be dead. And uh, you know, it's going to be in Shemayim. Not talking about that. Well, what are you doing? You're running gifts. You're building up an estate. You know, a lot of money, a lot of investments. What are you doing? You're going to die. The person that comes after you may not be as industrious as you may not be as responsible your heirs then they may just squander all of it and it'll all be gone and then he says another thing he says you may not even be doing them a favor because if you give them so much unearned wealth who knows what's going to happen to them they're going to become decadent they're going to become I don't know drug addicts I don't it's how are you doing them a favor and Rashi brings that that's when the Venezuela gave the people, a life of ease when Nebuchadnezzar was born, that led to the Mabal. That led to the Mabal. Rashi in the 2nd paragraph of I don't remember which passage, could find it. So that, that, that led to the Mabal, because the people, as long as people were busy struggling with the earth, and you know, and finally get some food, alright, fine. But now they have a life of leisure. They could just very easily grow crops and eat and, uh, you know, and, and and then what do you do? So he went to Avoid So actually the the proliferation of Avoid Zora was really a result of the birth of Noyach, which gave them relief from the curse of the Adama. Okay, that's what it was. Not his fault. Um, but what why I don't talk about the idea of Avoid Zara? Why was there such a big proliferation? What happened? So, so the Rambam says like this, Bime Enosh, in the times of Enosh, who was a, a grandson of, of Adam, Tobnei Adam to his The people at that time, they knew that there's a god, they knew that, uh, and they, 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 they thought that the stars do his bidding, just like Malachim, the stars do his bidding, they thought maybe the stars have, have, have intelligence, but uh, certainly it could be that the stars somehow with cosmic rays have some effect on the earth, maybe, I don't know. But the Tob Ne'odim Torahs they made a mistake. And they thought, A king wants that his ministers should be respected and honored. In the same way, the Bani wanted that people should worship and honor his ministers, which are the stars and uh, whatever else that they should... And that's... And they did all this. They wanted to fulfill the will of Hashem according to their misguided thoughts that's what they wanted that was it but then what happened I mean I guess I guess they found it easier to to uh, worship a star than to worship God because God is the infinite the unknowable and it's you know not so not relatable so you know it's it's a little bit difficult to to serve. God that you don't know anything about him. So, maybe he wanted you to serve him by serving his His ministers. So that's what they wanted to do. After a while they had the V'yisheker and they told them to put up idols and do all these different kind of things and and listen to this V'kivmish Orcha Yomem after the, the you know the length of time, Nishtakach Hashem Hanichbud v'Anoira Mikol Hayekum Midaitam v'Lo Hikiru. That the Sheim Anichbud v'Anoira was Nishtakach. What does that mean? In the beginning, he calls them a Kale Kale Baruchu. He calls him he calls him Kale. Over says Nishtakach Hashem Anichbud v'Anoira. What exactly does that mean? Until Ad Shenoila Demude Shel Oylam v'Who Avraham Avinu. So what is the meaning of and HaShem ba BaNaira? So the Rambam of the Meir says that I think I've mentioned it before it's impossible for us to have any kind of knowledge of of God. When we say that um, God is a Rachum, that he has mercy, it doesn't mean what it means to us. He, we, it, all these things are descriptions of his actions, of what he does. And if he does an action that if a human being would do it, it would come from an emotion of mercy, then we call it racham. But God doesn't have emotions. God is the infinite, the perfect. Emotions are a weakness. He doesn't have emotions. So we don't. We, we, everything that we know about him, we know, we know what he does, and we give them names. Elohim means his, his control of the world. Every, every name tells us something that he does. But him himself, we don't know. The only thing we can know about him are negative attributes. We know what he is not. When well, we say that God has wisdom, what does that mean? What does he mean has wisdom? Is it like our wisdom? Just like a higher IQ, a bigger capacity? No. It has no connection to human wisdom. We say God has power. What does that mean? And also, also, everything is one. There are no separate attributes. A person has wisdom and he has strength. These are two different parts of him. His brain has wisdom and his arm has strength. One is not connected to the other. But the Ruben does not have attributes. His achdus. It's Yisroel. He is one. He has one essence, only one essence. The Raman calls it one simple essence. It is not a composite. It is not complicated. He has an essence that is unknowable, and everything that he does comes from the same essence. His wisdom comes from the same essence. His power. He gives an example of how fire can destroy. It could also make something hard. You know that there. I mean, that's just like a. A marshal, just to help you understand a little bit, but but the same essence can do many different things, and it's all one. And we don't know anything about him. All we know, well, we we know that that he gives an example. Let's say um, you tell a person people don't know what a ship is. So the first person you tell him that the ship is is um, not solid, okay? He knows that. The second person comes in, who also was there already, or whatever, another person comes in, and he knows what the first person knows, and he's told that the ship is not a cylinder. And the third person comes in, and he tells them that the ship is not a cone. So now the first person knows one piece of information, the second person knows two, the third person knows three. He goes through a list, I don't, yeah. but it three. Which one knows more about the ship? The third person, because he has three pieces of information, and the first person has only one piece of information. However, does the third person have any idea of what a ship is? No. He just knows what it's not. So that's, he says, when it comes to Rabbi Anishleilam, we cannot know what he is, we can only know what he is not. We know when he's, We say he has, about his wisdom, we know that he is not ignorant. But the wisdom that he has, no idea what that is. That's what, that's what the Raman says. However, I'd like to give a, a, a hypothetical. Let's say there's a person like, I come, to, I come here, and I tell you I met a person. And I tell you the person's name. The person's name is... I was trying to find a name which wouldn't tell tell you anything about this person. And the best I can come up with is Lin. Because Lin, it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be... I don't know if Haredim ever used the name Lin, but, but there are plenty of Jews that use the name Lin. It could be a Westerner, it could be a Chinaman, it could be... Lin doesn't tell you anything about this person. Nothing. But do you know anything about this person? Actually, you do. You know that his or her, we don't know if it's a man or a woman. We know that this person's name is Lin. So we have something that we know about this person. We know the name is Lin. When it comes to Rabbi Nishleilam, the Rambam says that all the names of the Rabbi Nishlei, all the many names, they all reflect his manifestation in the world, the things that he does. The name Yutke Bovke, the Tetragrammaton, the four-letter word, that four-letter name that, that, um, that can, may not be pronounced, that is the Shema Etzem. That is his name. That is the name of his essence. It is not a reflection of things that he does. So that's all, so even though we can't know anything about the Rabbi Shlila, we can't know what he's like, but we do know his name. We know his name is Yutke Bovke. That we know. When the people in the time of, of the Mabel, before the Mabel, when they they decided that they're going to worship his servants and eventually worship idols, they still knew that there was a Rabbi Nishleilam. But, you know, they really couldn't connect to him. But they knew that there was a Rabbi Nishleilam. Until it was Nishtakech Hashem HaNichbal BaNoirah. The name Yud Kei was forgotten. And without knowing even his name, then they lost all connection. They had no connection to him, and then it was total Avayd They forgot that the Rabbi Shalom exists. Everything was into the idols. Until Avram came along. As Ram says, Amudah Shalalam, the, p- the pillar of the world. Now Avram also didn't know. The name Yotke Vavke. It says in the beginning of the era, Shmi Yotke Vavke, loy Right? The era La I didn't tell them the name. I told it to them later. But in the beginning, when Avram was meis nefesh, the Rebbeinu Shlelem, he didn't know the name. But he came to the understanding that the idols are false and there is an infinite, unknowable God and he knows nothing about him, not even his name, and still he was ready to to give his life for the rabbinic Shalom. That was Avram. But the other people that were that that I turned away and ended up serving uh, serving uh, the servants and the idols when they forgot the shame and van when they forgot the shame yutke bavke then they had no connection whatever to Rabbi Shalom he was completely forgotten that's what Rav is saying so this is what happened to Dara Mabel the people forgot the shame and van and it was completely forgotten now the um The Mishnah Brewer, let me see one second. Okay, here. Ah. The Mishnah Brewer, right at the beginning, Siman Dalat says that a person should always think that he is in front, is he's, he's standing in front of God. A person should always be aware of God and to know that he's standing in front of him. And then he brings this. Because for B'Shemar Rizal, the Rizal said, She Yitzayar can I get Kinaget he should have the shem yutke vavke in front of his eyes. The soit shivici Hashem El-Negdi Shivisi Hashem El-Negdi He says doesn't just mean that that uh, that the rebbeinu shalom is in front of me. It means that the shem yutke vavke is in front of me. The elas That will help you for Yira because it will help you relate to the shalom in a direct way. This is, the, we know the Ruvan Shalom's name, you should always keep the, his name, that keeps him in front of you more than just knowing the things that he does in this world. Shem There's an old minig, and people write Svarim, that they start the Sadaq with four, four words that are, the first, first letters are Yud Vavkei. Izborek, Yoitserv, Yisala, or whatever they pick. But it's Yutkay Vovke. Um, recently, in recent years, Svarim don't necessarily start that way. They start with Hashem Shem Bukhalevov, I thank him, it's wonderful, Shemalev, but they don't they don't use that many My Svarim, I always do that. Because the Shem Yutke Vovke. I want to be, you put in the Shem Yudkei Vavkei in the beginning of the Sefer, to say, because that is directly the Shem Etzem. So you put in Yudkei Vavkei. And this led to, led to Avodah Zorah, because the Shem Yudkei Vavkei was forgotten, and the Dara Mabel reached a point where it totally forgot the Shem Va Noira, and they were totally into a Zoro had absolutely no connection to Rubani Shlatam, and that brought on the model. So the Pasuk begins. Ela told us tzaddik Tzadik Tomhaya Reisov. So it says Noach <laughs> was a Tzadik in his generations. So Rashi says, Budderisov, <laughs> Even in his you know, decadent, depraved generation. He was able to be a tzaddik. Kolshkein ilohoye beder tzaddikim, ma'itzaddik yaser. If he had been in a better environment, with well, a tzaddikim, he would have been even greater. And then, v'yeshdarish mois legnay, like it's it's a derogatory statement. Lefidoreh hoyet tzaddik. In his generation, he was a tzaddik. V'ilohoye bederish l'avram loy. Haya nechshav he wouldn't have. It would have been nothing. Now Na'ach was, was a navi. The Shalom talked to him. He was uh, he was a tzaddik, you know. But uh, but he's saying that if he lived in time of Adam, in time of Abram, he would have been considered nothing. Why? Why would it be nothing? Maybe he would be. Uh, you know. Why? How could you say he would be nothing? So, I want to offer one shop, but then I want to offer the second shop which I think is better. So, um, it says, the Medrash says, the, no- the last pasuk in B'reish no- that he found grace in, in, the, in the eyes of Hashem. So, the major says, no- mehem, even though Nehach no- was survived from the remable, Lo yihoya he wasn't deserving of it. Elo shemasa he found found favor in God's in, in the Baruch eyes. So, what does this mean exactly? What does this mean that he found that he found? What, what is chen? What is the idea of chen? So, the Gemara says in Soita, Amrav Yochan Shalosh chines chen, chen hamokam al Yoshevav, people the place where people live. It finds favor with them. You may live in a place. Somebody will come and I'll say, "Oh, what kind of place is this?" You know, you know the streets and the this and the you know the smog. And those, but the people that live there, to them, they see it in a favorable light. bala. A wife has for a husband. The husband looks her in a favorable light. a once you buy something, before you buy something, you look at it, you think, check the consumer, the there's still consumer reports, but you check the consumer reports and you see what people say about it, you think and this and you comparison shop, but once you buy it, it's the greatest. You have, it has favor. So Rashi says, <laughs> that the, the place where a person lives finds favor with them, <laughs> Even if it's not good, they, they see it as good. A woman finds favor in her husband's uh, husband eyes. Even if she's not so pretty, but nice enough he finds her, he finds her favor. He finds her pretty. So this is this is what chayin means. Chain means that the ability to overlook um, flaws and to look at only the good and and see it in a favorable light. That's what chayin means. We have in... in um, we say, in Birchus Koyanim, we say uh, at the end, we say Hiratzin, and we say Shetitnei No Lochen Lachesel Rachmim Beinachav of Reenu that everybody should look at us with favor. Kishem Shenasata as Yosef Tzadikecha. I don't remember the exact words. I thought I wrote it down, but Kishem Shenasata as Yosef Tzadikecha B'Shal Shel B'Shay Abiv K'Saynas Passim Lochen Lachesel Bechal. So you know what does that mean? He, when Yaakov put him on the Exodus pasim, I mean that was that that they looked at him terribly. The brothers. So what what he's saying is that once he put him on the Exodus pasim, then his fate was sealed. They would, uh, you know, throw him in the pit. And he'd end up in by the and he'd end up by the by in Mitzrayim, and he would be in a hostile environment. And if you look at the pesukim later, later parshas. Everybody, everybody found him wonderful. Everybody thought he was great, and they gave, they gave him good jobs, and they they, they they treated him extremely well. Why did they treat him extremely well? Because, as we say, because at that moment when he was exposed to danger, when he put on the tzionis pasim, Hashem gave him a bracha of chen that wherever he would go, he would be seen favorably. So, in the same, so then, according to this midrash, is that noyach had That means noyach maybe had uh, had which are not specified, and Hashem saw him with chayin because he was the best of the best that there was. So he overlooked, so to speak, whatever his flaws were, and he saw him as as uh, a very favorable light. So maybe what Rashi is saying, maybe, is that. At that time, it was necessary to view him with chayin because he was well above everybody else around him. But if he had lived in the time of Avram, then then maybe the Rebbeinu would not have overlooked all his flaws and all his um, problems, and then he would be n- nothing compared to what he was now. Now we view him as a tzaddik, Tom the He's a tzaddik. Ah, he does this, and then okay, we're not we're not gonna. We're not going to look at those. That's the chain. Okay, so this is one Peshat and Rashi. But I, I still think that that's not... Um, I don't think that's the Peshat and Rashi. Did you guys afford the Ksenis Passim throughout his journey? I don't know if you did it, but it was just... No, you didn't. The Ksanis Passim was dipped in blood. blood right? But But, but... To, from the moment that he gave him the Ksenos pasim, and he triggered the jealousy of the brothers that's when he was in danger and then who knows what would happen to him where he would go and and you'd be at the mercy of many people so Hashem gave him a brach of Chain whoever he encountered would look at him as a wonderful person that's the brach of Chain is this what Rashi means? Perhaps but I want to bring something else says in Pasha Shemini that but not of Aviyu. Not of Aviyu were the sons of Aaron. They were the heirs apparent to the leadership of Paul Israel. So the Sifra says mm-hmm. They saw that Moshe and Aaron were walking. This, this I want to conclude with this. That they saw Oh no. I have something else to say. Never mind. <laughs> That so they saw Moshe walking ahead of them, and they were walking behind them. So they Nodav said to "Soon these two old people are going to die, and we will be the leaders of Kali Holy Israel." me, we will see who buries whom," and uh, and they died. I mean, a lot of avi were, were tremendously great people. And, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu when they died, he said, apparently they're greater than us. I mean, why would they say something like this? Why would they say that we're waiting for them to die? I mean, what? So, there's a Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara says that Rebbe came to visit the Bishu Ben Karcha. The Bishu Ben Karcha was very, very, very old. I'm not sure how old, but really old. And he asked him, Bema Rachti how did you live so long? So he told him a number of things. He never looked at it's and in Megillah. He never looked at a Russia's face. I mean he told a number of things that he said. Okay. He said, What do you want to know? You know, don't you does it bother you that I'm living so long? So he said, No, it's Toira, I want to learn it. In other words, what's happening at Shubankar is Toira, I want to learn it so he told him when Rabbi is uh, getting ready to leave so he told him give me a bracha so he said a bunch of help that you should live half as much as I've lived so so Rabbi said and all of it not? why you give me such a bracha? you give me I should only live half as long as you? What's wrong if I live all as long as you? So he said, The ones that come after you should be shepherds and take care of animals. So Rashi explains, It's not good for you to live so long. Your sons are your heirs and they are gonna be your your uh, successors and if you live very long the call you may they'll always be just regular people so you see over here that that I mean not for all people but for people that have destinies for greatness if they have a father in front of them who's greater or is in that position and they cannot get to it, then a person would be stifled. You would not be able, a person has to be able to reach the fulfillment of his destiny. And as long as the father stands in the way, then they cannot reach that destiny. That's what Nodavavi was saying. They had their destiny. They were supposed to be the leaders of, of Claudius Yisrael. And they felt stifled. Not they weren't looking for Gaiva. They weren't looking to have covered. They were looking to grow. They were looking to become, you know, as they could not grow into being the people that they were meant to be as long as Moshe Baran was there. Well, Moshe Baran would, would, would pass away, then they could be reach the, 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 the office of leadership. They could become the leaders. And a person rises rises to his situation and then if they would be the leaders then however great they were now they would be able to reach much higher levels of greatness and that's what they were saying that they felt they felt that impatient I guess that they wanted to reach those levels of greatness and as, as long as Moshe were there they could not, not because they needed people to ask them something, but it's just the nature of how it is that, that if you are in the second position, you cannot be you cannot be fulfilled. So, so, Gemara says in the very similar thing. Let's be grateful to our ancestors, which means the ones that did the eagle. If they hadn't done the Avera, If they had not done the Avera, the people who were Macabal were supposed to live forever. They were not going to die. But once they did the Egil, then, they then, then they had to die again. So they, so they said, we have to be grateful to them because they did the avera, so they're going to die. And if they wouldn't, they wouldn't die, anu we would be as, as if we didn't come to the world. So Rashi says, they live forever. Because man shein as long as they exist as long as they are alive anu we are not considered anything i guess it's a relative statement but then we could still be big but we can we are not considered what we should be anu so i think and that's the lashon that rashi says avram haya leklum which is the exact Lashon that Rashi uses in Abba Leklum. That means that if Noyach had lived in the time of Avram, and his destiny was to be a leader, and Avram was there, he would always be in Avram's shadow, and he would never be able to grow into the person. That he was meant to be, and that is called ein 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 Like says, ein Okay, I want to include one thing. I just want to make a very small thing, then I'll conclude. Um, the pasuk says that um, after they came out of the teva, Noir got drunk, and and um, and Kham came in and he castrated him. So he said, <speaking in> Ur Kham should be a slave to his brothers. I just want to read you an Ibn Ezra. Vyesh <speaking> Oim, <in> some say, Akushim, <speaking in> the black people, Hey <speaking> Vodim, <in> why is why is they enslaved? Bavur Shakil <speaking> al <in> Noekisham cursed cham. so this is the curse of Ham. that's why black people are enslaved. I guess in his time he didn't meet many uh, free black people, but he says why is it when people say that this is the curse of Ham, that's why they're slaves they forgot the first king in the, after the Mabel was Nimrite. Nimrod was from Kush, from Ham and from Kush. so you cannot say that the individual blacks have to be slaves. What does the POSIC mean you He doesn't say that's all he says. I think the PUSIC is is more in a global sense that that the white race dominates the black race. That we see. That is just geopolitics. That's how it works. And maybe that the the, the imperialism of the white race, maybe that is from the, from the Klola of Nayach. But individual blacks to be enslaved, that that is not justified by the Klola of Nayach. Okay, now enough of that. So Rashi says like this Why did Chum castrate the Nayach? Why? So he says, He said to his brothers, they, He only had two sons. The and one killed the other because of uh, the legacy of the world, that of the world. I mean, the, uh, the passage really doesn't say that. The passage says that um, he was Makanda because of the carbon, but that was symbolic because the Our father has three sons, he needs a fourth son. What does this mean? You have an empty world. Everybody is gone. Only Neuch and his three sons. And the entire world is open to you. All of Europe and Asia and Africa and uh, every all the continents are all open to you. An enormous world. There are three people and you have a fourth person. Too much, we're going to kill each other. What does it mean. I mean, you know, within a few generations these three people will have you know, uh, thousands and millions and billions of people and, uh, you know, I mean, many of them kill each other, of course, but you know, what, what was he saying? What he was saying is this. Cain killed Abel. Why did he kill Havel? Because there was a conflict in ideology. Cain was a material person. He was a man of the earth. Abel was a spiritual person. He was more you know, towards God. So there's a conflict of materialism and spiritualism. The Kadmimim, the early people, they established the, the 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 streams of of ideology of the world. Cain was was materialism, and Hevel was spiritualism. When Cain saw that Rabban accepted Hevel's carbon, so he said, "Oh." That means that he's going to be victorious over me and the world will become spiritual, not the ideology that I want to establish. So he killed him. So he said, now you have three sons. Ham, Ham said that Noyach has three sons. They were the new, the new first people. The world was destroyed. They were the ones. And they would establish what goes on in the world. Mm-hmm. Shem, Chom, and Yafes. Shem is spirituality. Seeking the Rabbeinu Shalayim. That's represented by Shane. Cham represents materialism, Avodazora, you know, that's what Ham represents. Yafes represents secular humanism, you know, philosophy, learning, you know, that is the Chachma of secular. Secular Chachma. So these are three different streams. There is spirituality, there is Avada um, and there is secularism. And these three streams are in conflict. If you look at the world, the world, everything that happens in this world, Kemat, on a, on, a, on a larger scale, is a result of one of these, the conflict of one or the other, of these ideologies against another one. Christianity is comes again. Is uh, uh, Christianity comes from uh, shame? Comes from spirituality, of course. You know, it's not what it should be, but it's the descendant of shame. So the Christians overcame the Greeks and the Romans. We have today in the world we have like communism and these are secularism. These are secular movements. So all these, all the movements of the world are religious against secular against paganism. These are the three movements of the world, and they always in conflict, and they always cause slaughter. So he says, are you going to introduce a fourth son who's going to introduce a fourth ideology? The world can barely survive with the conflict of three ideologies. A fourth son would, would introduce another one. What would it be? I don't know. Maybe environmentalism, maybe something else. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't do it, so I don't know. <laughs> but, but if there had been a fourth son, there would have been there would have been another ideology, so he said that the world will not survive the conflict of four ideologies. Okay, good. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by ToraanyTime